brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to Inspiration and Transformation from the Banks of the Ganga with Sadvi Bhagwati Saraswati, an American sannyasi living at the Parmarth Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, India. Sadvi is president of the Divine Shakti Foundation, a charitable organization bringing education, vocational training, upliftment, and empowerment programs to women and children. Sadvi is also Secretary General of the Global Interfaith Wash Alliance and Director of the world-famous International Yoga Festival. Join the musings of an American sannyasi as Sadvi shares the wisdom and teachings of her guru, His Holiness, Pujya Swami Chidanand Saraswatiji. Welcome, everyone, to Inspiration and Transformation from the Holy Banks of the sacred Ganga River in the land of Rishikesh, India. Can you think of a time when impossible became possible? Ah, every day, every day. You know, it's said very beautifully that if you take the word impossible and you just ever so slightly change it, you just add a little space. So instead of I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E, it's I-M, then space, then P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E, I'm possible. And so it's a matter just of how we think. Now, so much of that which seems impossible is impossible because of our mental framework. Now, yes, of course, there are some laws of nature, right? If you walk off a building, you're not going to fly. If you walk off the top, the roof of a building, you're going to plummet to the ground. I don't want to say it's impossible to fly, but without a contraption, without a parachute, without some kind of, you know, motorized something or other, whatever it may be, it's extraordinarily unlikely. I've certainly never heard of an example of anyone who did anything other than plummet to the ground. Because the law of gravity 
is pulling us to the ground. So other than laws of nature, right? We plant an apple seed. It's, again, I don't like the word impossible, but we'll say improbable, unlikely, that you're going to get an orange tree sprouting from an apple seed. Law of nature. But gravity, botany, horticulture, agriculture, these tend not to be the things that frustrate us so much. Most of us are not actually frustrated in our lives because we can't fly off the top of a building or because our apple seed just won't give us oranges. We're frustrated because of our own situations. Personal situations, family situations, relationship situations, career situations, in which we've put this label of impossible on things that really are not impossible at all, but that are just beyond my current way of thinking. And this is where every day I see the impossible become possible. Because so many of us move through the world with these mental constructs. Who we are, what we can achieve, what we are good for, what the universe is going to provide us with. And we function like that. And yet, there's a grace in the universe that if we open ourselves to it, we open ourselves to the possibility of grace. And by grace, I don't mean an orange coming out of an apple seed. I don't mean walking off a rooftop and flying. I don't mean going against the laws of nature that the creator has imposed and now suddenly we seem to think that a miracle would be if the creator went against his or her own laws. But a grace that enables us to transcend who we think we are. If you think, think within yourself about some way of identification that holds us back, right? So raise your hand if you think that you're just a little too lazy. Raise your hand. Anybody who thinks that they're a little too lazy, raise your hand, okay? Anybody who thinks they are too irresponsible, raise your hand. Anyone who thinks that they're not quite as smart as they should be, raise their hand. Okay? So, what we've seen is that every one of these had at least 50%. Some of them looked like they were 100%. Now, if I move through the world telling myself I'm lazy, I'm irresponsible. I'm not smart or I'm stupid. Well, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
It really does. We've done lots of scientific studies with children and in offices and corporations where they'll tell a teacher, for example, let's say children are entering first grade. The researchers will tell the teacher, these are the children in the class who are really smart. These are the children in class who are really stupid. Now, the researchers have chosen these students randomly. They've never met any of the students. They've never seen any of the students. It literally was a eeny, meeny, miny, moe sort of decision-making process, totally random. Names in a hat, drawing them out. But, of course, the teacher doesn't know that. The teacher believes them. Now you fast forward to the end of first grade. And they're giving the students standardized testing. The children who the teacher was told were smart. And of course, the students had no idea. Their parents didn't know. The students didn't know. Nobody was being told, oh, you're one of the ones I told was smart. Or you're one of the ones I told was stupid. Only the teacher was told, and only the researchers knew the game going on. But at the end of the year in those standardized tests, the children who the teacher had been told were the smart ones scored the highest. The children who the teacher was told were the stupid ones scored the lowest. One teacher having a preconceived idea of a student being smart or stupid actually was enough to change that student's experience in the classroom, experience of learning, experience of themselves, such that 10 months later, they performed exactly how that teacher was told they would perform. And it's not just children. They've done the same thing in corporations. Big corporations taking in you know, new employees. And they've told manager-level people, director-level people, the ones working directly with the staff, by the way, we've done an assessment. We've compiled all of their past, you know, whatnot, whatnots. These are the ones who chances are are going to be your superstars. These are the ones who most likely you're going to want to fire by the end of their contract. And again, within a short period of time, those who the manager was told were going to be the superstars were the ones outperforming. Those who the manager was told you're going to probably there's no juice in them. So this isn't even what we tell ourselves. This is just somebody around us holding a belief about us. Now you think the power of that belief when I hold it and in my own head I'm telling it over and over and over again. 
It's who I become. And so impossible becomes I'm possible when I change my self-talk. When I change how I think about myself. We all would love to be more productive than we are. I don't know anybody who says, oh yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take a productivity tonic if there were one. Why not? And we've only got a certain number of hours every day. Why not be able to achieve more? So there's nothing wrong with feeling like you would like to have goals and be able to do more, serve more, touch more people. But this idea that I am lazy, that I am to blame, because I'm lazy, I'm irresponsible, made us say, I'm never going to be able to. That's what's damaging. I'll tell you a personal story about that. So, when I first came to India and met Pooja Swamiji, I was 25. And I was a very high achiever academically. I had graduated from Stanford. I was getting my PhD in psychology. I was a straight-A student. But I was also very, very deeply troubled in a lot of ways. And I won't go into all of that tonight. But I was very deeply troubled in a lot of ways, really struggling, really suffering emotionally, internally from things from my early childhood that I was still carrying in my life. And part of that was negative self-talk. I am this, I am that. And when I met Pooja Swamiji, he said to me, not immediately, but within the first few months, he was saying to me, you know, you are going to touch so many people in the world. You're going to touch millions in the world. You're going to be, you know, this great inspiration. And I remember saying to him, thank you very much. That sounds like my mother telling me I'm the most beautiful girl in the class. You know, like she means well. She's just trying to make me feel better. But obviously she knows and I know I'm not the most beautiful girl in the class. But you appreciate it, Kimato. Matamahe. She's just trying to make me feel better. And so I said to Pooja Swamiji, I said, thank you so much. I, I so deeply appreciate your kindness. But I know that I'm smart. I know that I can excel in school. I'm not saying I'm utterly worthless. But I also know that I'm not the one through whom millions of people are going to be touched and inspired. I know that I, I don't have that in me. I've got all of this suffering and struggle, and I'm this and I'm that, and I have this problem and that problem. And he said, you just, you wait and see. And that night, he gave me a book, and it was my first book on the Hindu scriptures. And it was a book of the Ramayana. And it, was, it wasn't a children's book, like it wasn't a comic book, but it was very easy reading. It was about 
I don't know, 150, 200 pages. It was beautiful yellow cover. It was by Bhartia Vidya Bhavan, published by them, and it was written by C. Rajagopalacharya, very, very famous author and thinker. And he gave it to me, and he said, read this. And I stayed awake all night reading it. It read like an adventure novel. And it's the story, of course, of Bhagwan Ram and his wife Sita, who gets abducted by the demon King Ravan. And then this enormous war to get his wife back, but not only to get his wife back, ultimately to vanquish the demons who were terrorizing people. And in the Ramayana, there is a character, a hero of Hanuman. Right? And Hanuman is in the form of a monkey. And I went to Pooja Swamiji the next day, crying. Because there's a beautiful moment where Hanumanji gets asked, how do you do what you do? Like, how do you fly across the oceans? And Because, of course, in his service of Bhagwan Ram, he did miracles. The impossible was possible. He flew across the ocean. He made himself enormous. He made himself tiny. He carried the Himalayas in his one arm. And he had to reach before the sun set. So he thought, well, I'm a little behind schedule. I'll just keep the sun from setting. He sticks it under his underarm. Right? Lots and lots of miracles. And of course, we know Hanuman was not just an ordinary monkey. He's actually divine. But when he gets asked, how did you do these things? He doesn't say, well, don't you know I'm not just a monkey? I'm divine. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, I've got this very special mantra the making miracles mantra. He didn't say, I take some special vitamin tonic, I work out at the gym, I've got this great trainer. Nothing like that. He said, I just close my eyes and I take Bhagwan Ram's name, I take God's name, I think of God. And it happens. It happens. So I go to Pooja Swamiji the next morning sobbing. And I say, I get it. I get it. It's not about me. It's not me, the, this role, this story, this sufferer, the survivor of this, the one with these issues. It's not that. It's not even me, the straight A student. It's me as a, a channel for the divine, that if I'm just devoted to God, it's not me who has to do it, it's God who's going to do it. And if this monkey, by being so devoted to God, if he could achieve these types of miracles, then maybe I really can do something Beautiful with my life.
Maybe I really can be an instrument, a vehicle of service for others. And so the impossible becomes possible when we realize that it's not about where I'm lacking. It's not about the stories I tell myself. It's about letting those go and allowing ourselves to be vehicles, channels for the flow of the divine. Because God knows how to make the impossible possible. We just have to open ourselves to God as channels of grace, channels through which grace flows. And then every day, every day becomes I'm possible. Not because of my brute strength or my smarts, but because I'm a channel for the divine. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM radio network. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single... Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with RAIN. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Welcome back to Inspiration and Transformation. I'm so glad to have you all back here with me. The two voices. We actually have a lot of voices, way more than two voices. But I love, I love how you've broken it into just for practical purposes, two. We can think of them as the voice that is 
propelling us forward, get up, do your meditation, do your prayers, do your yoga, and then move forward as this channel of the divine. And then the voice is saying, Hare yard, kya hone wale, ye dhyan kuch nahi Nothing is there. Keep sleeping anyway, tum se kuch hone wale nahi Right? That's holding us back. You're never going to achieve anything anyway. You'll never become anything anyway. You'll never become enlightened. Why bother? Keep sleeping. So there's a a teaching, and I can't remember who it's from, but I've heard it several times during my life from a variety of different places, of a similar question that says we've got these, these two wolves, one wolf on each shoulder, one saying, yeah, get up, meditate, pray, you can do it, you are possible. One guiding us to live according to ethics and values, integrity, our dharma. One voice saying, Are, keep sleeping, you'll never be anything anyway. Just eat, drink, and be merry, get what you can. Don't bother with values or ethics. These two, these two wolves, we could call them the good wolf and the bad wolf, the light one, the dark one. And the question gets asked, which one wins in this battle? Which wolf wins? And the answer is the one you feed. Because if you've ever seen a fight between two dogs, two wolves, well, clearly the one who's well-fed is going to win. The one who's starving, who's emaciated, doesn't have a chance. And so, when we've got these two voices, it's not random. It's not like, based on our, you know, stars this morning, one voice is going to win out. When we speak about sanskaras, or we speak about, scientifically, we'll say neural patterning or neural networks, or you can even think about it just as habits, In a very simple way, just think about it as a habit of living, a habit of thinking. Well, whatever we do, we become much more likely to keep doing it. Whatever we do, it creates a sanskara, a groove, you can say, in our awareness, in our life, in our way of living. So every morning that I get up, I'm actually more likely to get up the next morning. We think the opposite. We think, Acha, just aaj hi me sote rahungi. For tomorrow, I'll feel very energized, and tomorrow I'll get up. But the truth is, if you don't get up today, you're very unlikely to get up tomorrow. And this is where we lay these sanskaras where we feed the one we want to win. And if you know you're not going to get up, 
for whatever reason, you know, I am just not a morning person. I'm an evening person. Okay? Don't kill yourself. Sleep in. Meditate in the evening. Because the truth is that you're actually doing yourself more harm by setting that alarm every day when you know in that case, stop setting yourself up for failure. Because then what happens is if every night I say, I'm going to get up tomorrow, and every morning I hit the snooze and I never get up, then slowly when I start saying in the night, I'm going to meditate, my own voice is like, hey, we are not getting up in the morning. And then what happens is my whole way of thinking about myself changes. Then suddenly I am someone who's lazy. I'm undependable. I make promises and I don't keep them. And that becomes very dangerous. So if you really know, I'm trying to give up sweets and I just can't stop. Fine. At least enjoy them. Right? Eventually, at some point in your life, a doctor is going to say to you, look, either you give up the sweets or you die. And then you have a different choice to make. But at least right now, if you can give them up, wonderful. You'll be stronger. You'll be healthier. But if you can't, stop telling yourself. Tomorrow, kal say no sweets. Because then you are just setting yourself up to feel miserable every day. And you're setting yourself up to tell yourself, I am someone who doesn't fulfill my promises. So when you set goals, we're getting to New Year's time, people make New Year's resolutions. When you set goals, Set something that isn't so easy that you're already doing it, but also that isn't so far off that you've got a very, very slim chance of fulfilling it. There's no rule that says you have to go from 9 a.m. waking up to 4 a.m. overnight. That December 31st, you're getting up at 9, but from Jan 1st, I'm going to be up at 4 a.m. Go from 9 a.m. to 7 a.m. February 1st is also an auspicious date. Go from 7 a.m. to 6.30. March 1st is auspicious. Go from 6.30 to 6. Because then you actually are going to be able to fulfill it. If you say, I'm going to totally stop eating sweets. No sugar, no fried food, no maida, no white flour. Well, chances are, the minute, the minute that you have, you know, one bite of a cookie, then the mind says, Arechello, now it's over. Now let me eat the whole box and have a pizza as well. Right? There's a syndrome, a syndrome they call in psychology, the what the heck syndrome. 
And what it means is, I've made a decision that I'm going to not eat sweets, okay? Then I had a bite of a cookie. Someone made them, they were saying, please, 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 just taste it. Now I've broken my vow. So I decided, hey, what the heck, anyway, I've broken my vow. Up to today is over anyway. So let me eat the whole box. What the heck, who cares anyway? Today doesn't count. So you want to avoid situations like that. They're damaging not only physically, but they're damaging mentally. <clears throat> so you set goals that are reachable. They're a reach, but you can, you're going to grab it. And you do it with compassion and love that says, okay, I'm going to get up every day. But if you find yourself sleeping in one day, you give yourself a break. You know, in the game, is Monopoly a game that people in India play also? Huh? Raise your hand if you've ever played the game Monopoly. Just have an idea of who knows what I'm talking about. Okay, good. So in the game of Monopoly, there's something called a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right? And it's a very good thing to have because if you get stuck in jail, then you can't keep accruing things and winning the game. So if you get a get-out-of-jail-free card, it's great, because then if you get stuck in jail, you give the card and you are out and you get to keep playing. And it's very good to give yourself. Give yourself a handful of kind of get-out-of-jail-free cards. Whenever you start a new, a new habit, a new vow, a new resolution, so that if you make a vow that you're going to get up early, and then today you've slept in. Don't decide it's over. Say, okay, this I'm using my get out of jail free card. Today will still count. I get to still be in my winning streak. Give yourself a set number of them. Maybe three a month, something like that. So that if you find that you've broken it, whatever the vow may be, that at least you don't end up saying, Are they, what the heck, forget it, it's over. I'm useless, I'm worthless. And then keep feeding that wolf that you want to win. Keep laying these sanskaras. And slowly, slowly, they will become habits. The goal is not to go through life just with willpower. The goal is to make these things a way of living. And to do so takes some time. It also takes some compassion with ourself. And then it takes just some very focused intention and attention. Which wolf am I feeding? Which am I giving my attention to? And that's the voice that, that wins out. This is OTRFM part of the IOM radio network. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Like Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. So in terms of this destiny free will dilemma. When we say that things are destined, most of us assume that to mean that they were written by God sometime infinity ago, and we have no say in it. Okay, that isn't true. If that were true, then everything else we are told in our scriptures would make no 
sense. Why would we be taught the right way to live? Why would we be taught how to fulfill our dharma? Why would we be taught to meditate? Why would we be given yam and niyam, or commandments, depending on how we think of them? Why would we do puja? Why would we find a guru? Why would we do anything other than sit on a couch, eat potato chips, and watch TV while our destiny up and up unfolded? It would make no sense. If everything was written in a way that we have no control, well, then Tina, Sit down, eventually your destiny is going to pick you up anyway if you have no control. Why bother setting an alarm? If it's your destiny to wake up, you'll wake up. If it isn't, you won't. Right? None of everything else we are taught would make any sense. This is where we have to relook at the nuances of the way that destiny and karma intersect. So karma means action. The word karma means action. It is what we do. Now every action has a result, right? Spiritually we speak about it as the law of karma. Physics we're told, right? Newton says for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Same thing. What that means is then that as are my actions, so will be that which comes back to me. Now, we have three different types of karma. And I'm not going to go into depth and detail of all of them. But you can think of them as long-term karma, short-term karma, and immediate karma. So. Immediate karma, I pick up a glass of water, I bring it to my lips, I drink. That's an action. The fruit of that karma is that now my throat is wet instead of dry. Okay? Alternatively, I pick up this glass and I pour it on my knee. Fruit of that is, now my knee is wet. In a little while, it will become cold, and my throat is still dry. Right? Okay. That's immediate karma. I've done an action. In this case, I've done two different actions to demonstrate. Each of those actions has a different result. Medium-term karma. I really hate studying, but I sit down every day in school. I pay attention after school. No TV, no phones, nothing till my homework is done. Even though I'm not interested, I hate it, but I do it. Because I know that age jake ye mera kaam me aayega. So every night I study, and I end up getting a very good degree, 
And that degree opens doorways into the jobs and the career for my life. Okay, medium term. There was no immediate reward. And this is why kids all the time say, hey, why do I have to study? I hate it. I'm not interested. They're looking for an immediate reward. And this is where it's so important to help them understand the reward will be there, but not immediately. I know right now you'd much rather be playing baseball or doing anything. But five years, ten years from now, Trust me, you're going to be very glad you got the degree, that you finished school. And then we've got long-term karma that goes back even to past lives, things we've done in past lives that are bearing fruit now. Okay. Now, obviously, we have no control today over what we have done in our past lives. We have no control over that. So there's not even much point in thinking about that. That is going to bear fruit as and when it will bear fruit. But it doesn't exist alone. Remember, there's also the intermediate and the the medium and the immediate karma. All of those three are happening simultaneously. So let's say that a long-term from a past life karma is that I'm going to have an accident. Okay. Let's say kilikawai. That I am going to have a serious accident. But in my medium-term karma, maybe at some point I got my horoscope done by a jyotish, maybe, who knows, maybe I just decided to be very careful. And I started making sure that I was very careful with things. I made sure to wear my seatbelt in the car. I made sure to have the driver drive slowly. I made sure to walk carefully, slowly. I went to the gym. I exercised so my bones would be strong. I did everything I could to take care of myself. And I started doing spiritual practices. I found a guru, because we're told that the guru also has the ability to impact your karmic fruit. So I found a guru. Now, all of that isn't going to undo my past, but it will mitigate it. So maybe instead of a fatal car accident, or a, an accident where I trip and I fall and my face is smashed and I've got brain damage. Maybe instead, I stub my toe. Or I end up twisting an ankle. Okay? So this is how those three can intersect. Or let's say, let's say that from my past karma, there's something that is going to happen that I'm really going to suffer from. I'm going to lose a loved one. Or I'm going to lose all my money. Or my house is going to burn down. In some way, something is, is really going to happen that I'm going to really suffer loss from. Well, let's say that for whatever reason, several years ago I decided to start meditating. 
And I started a spiritual practice, and I started reading scriptures and meditating and coming to satsang and doing spiritual pursuits so that I got deeper and deeper inside. And of course, then that brings us into the immediate as well. In the moment, I'm anchored, I'm grounded. Now, that may not stop this loss from happening. But instead of me being shattered by it, instead of me becoming so depressed that I want to kill myself because of it, I'm actually able to withstand it. I'm able to move through it. The loss still happens, but its impact on me is different. So that's how long-term karma plays out. But the vast majority of what we're moving through is not from past lives. It's actually from right here, right now. It's our medium term and our, our immediate. Those are the two that have the most impact on us. So when you think about destiny or something being predestined or predetermined, well, I always say right here, right now is the pre for tomorrow's destiny. Right? You have a choice. He spoke about two voices. You've got a choice. You can be in satsang or you can be in a bar. Right? Nobody's stopping you. You won't find one in Rishikesh. You'd have to go kind of, you know, you'd have to leave the city. But, cello, taxi me bajo. You could be in a bar. Or you could be in satsang. It's up to you. You've made a choice. Now, yes, your long-term sanskaras are going to impact which way you're likely to go. But you have full control. Even if I have gone to a bar every night for the last 10 years, I still have freedom to decide tonight, no, tonight satsang. I still have freedom. This is how people end up getting free from addictions because they realize even I've been doing the same thing for 10 years, 15 years. Today is a new day. Today, no alcohol. So even your long-term karmas there in terms of the sanskaras, you've got the power to decide. Now, right here then, okay, so either you're in a bar right now getting drunk or you're sitting in satsang. Now, the impact of that is going to be with you through tonight, through tomorrow. Maybe you'll do something different tomorrow based on what you learned in satsang tonight. Or if you spent tonight getting drunk, maybe you won't even get out of bed tomorrow. So you could say, well, is it predetermined that I was going to have a hangover and not be able to get out of bed? Well, it was predetermined when you decided to go to the bar. That was the pre that determined that tomorrow you're going to have a hangover. Was it predetermined that tomorrow you're going to get up early and meditate? 
Well, it was predetermined when you came into satsang and made that choice. So everything you're doing, every minute and every moment, you are engaging in karma. And that karma is bearing fruit that becomes your destiny. You are creating your destiny. Your karma is what creates your destiny. Karma and destiny go, they're one. The sum total of my karma is my destiny. Okay? So, as you engage in karma, you are writing your own destiny. And that's, that's where free will comes in. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM radio network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth radio is conscious living for your soul. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Like Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. What are ghosts? Oh, from God to ghosts. People say that, people say like, um, like, um, ghosts are trapped souls that mm-hmm. that didn't go, that just stayed in a place. And then we say that place haunted. Yes, we do. So 
What's that feeling? Mm. Is is ghost real? Okay, great. I'm going to just do this for a moment. Then you can hold it. So, uh, from God to ghosts. But I'm glad we got the God part figured out at least. Ghosts, people say, people say sometimes that there are spirits that for whatever reason are held back, that are there. People feel them. There's a whole very in-depth, very long, very complex science around after we die. And different traditions actually have different ways of explaining it and understanding it. But sometimes we feel the presence of someone. I don't believe in things like haunted places. And here's why. I'll tell you why. If you say that a soul is trapped and can't get out, well, to me, that means that God is playing favorites. That God is saying, this soul is bad and has to be trapped. Whereas these souls are good and don't have to be trapped. And that doesn't make any sense to me because I don't think that God does that. So I think that definitely, especially right after people die, there's, there's that ability that happens sometimes. It doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen for everyone. But it happens sometimes for some people where in the few weeks, few months, right after someone has passed, there's kind of a feeling that you still feel them with you. And even though on a deep level they're always with you, you seem to be able to feel them more in the beginning. And it's said that that's because they are actually still sort of around here, not having fully gone yet into their next birth. Don't grieve me. Hmm? Don't grieve me. <laughs> but I don't think that there are... But I don't think that they're here in a, in, a, in a scary way. Just like they weren't scary in life. They're not going to be scary in death. When people pass on and they haven't yet gone on their next stage, stage exactly, thank you, that doesn't make them scary. It just makes them still here. This brings to a close this hour of inspiration and transformation. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be together with you all each week. And I look forward to being together again next Thursday, same time, on Ohm Times Radio.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 